Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Well, it's time for the Word of God. It's time to hear your first sermon in 2024. Amen. Are you ready? Oh, I can't hear you. Are you ready? Now, today is attempt great things for God. Amen. And today God is going to show us how we can. How many of you want to do something for God this year? It's our year of work. Isn't it? Our year of work. And um, uh, recently somebody, I sent somebody a text to do something. They responded and said, it's our year of work. It's not our year of hard work. Uh, You know, all these loopholes. eh? All these loopholes. But this year we are going to work for God. No, I can't hear you. I said we are going to work for God. Amen. And I know that your life will never be the same. Yesterday we were here. At a point in the afternoon, the heat was very heavy. But God was with us. Amen. And we are just now starting to work for God. And another person asked me, so if this is our year for what were we doing last year? I said we were resting. It's now that we are going to work for God. Amen. Are you ready for the word of God? Are you ready for a touch from God? For the very first time in 2024, we're going to sing Nothing is Impossible when you put your trust in God. Are you ready? Everybody standing. Hello. Everybody standing up. We're singing. My sister, we are standing. We are standing. God bless you. God bless you. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible when you're trusting in His word. Hearken to the voice of God to thee. Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon His word. For everything, oh everything, yes everything is possible. If you forgot to wear white, you should be singing the loudest. Nothing. When you put your trust in Come on, sing it with me, nothing is impossible It's impossible when you're trusting in His word Oh, hearken to the voice of God to me Is there anything too hard for me? Yes, everything is 
Jesus, we thank you for attempts, great things, Sunday. We are grateful for this opportunity. Speak to our hearts and guide us, we ask in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Fantastic. Now, turn with me to Colossians chapter 4. Verse 16. Change the version. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Amen. Change the version. When this letter is read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans. And you, for your part, read my letter that is coming from Laodicea. Read my letter. Now, I hope you realize that the letters are what we have in the Bible as the books of the Bible. Because that is the letter to the Colossians. Do you see? In Colossians 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints. He's writing to the saints. All right? And the faithful brethren, which are at Colossae, grace be to you, and peace. Hallelujah. So, he was writing letters. And he said, when this letter is read to you, make sure that it's also read by the Laodiceans. In fact, the King James puts it nicely. King James says, cause, cause, that it be read, cause that it be read also in the church. You see, it's important to read the letters that have been written to you by the apostle or the father of the church. So my books are my letters to you. And so this morning, we want to, we are causing ourselves to read one of the books called Attempt Great Things. 
Amen. Now, the phrase, attempt great things. Can we see the book, please? That's the book. Attempt great things for God. All right? The phrase, attempt great things from God, is taken from Isaiah 54. From verse 1 and 2, if you like. Sing, O barren, thou that did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. Thou that did not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. God is saying that anyone who hasn't had a child, don't worry, rejoice. You are going to have more children than those who are married. Wow, how can that be possible? Then verse 2, it says, enlarge the place of thy tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. Charge the version because it's a little... Um, change the version to like ERV or Message Bible, Good News Bible. Make your tent bigger because you're going to have more children. A tent is like a house. Open your doors wide. Don't think small. Make your tent large and strong. Amen. Change the version again, please. Massage. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. Because you're going to have more children. And they'll pull down the tent on, on all of you when they start running around. So he said, make clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. Change the version. All right? Change the version. Oh, the one you had just now, put it there. GNT or whatever. Make the tent you live in larger. Lengthen its ropes and strengthen the pegs. All right? I think the nicest was um, Message Bible. I want to welcome all those of you watching us online. It's a blessing to have you with us. Amen. And I'll concentrate on this preaching. 
don't have lunch whilst I'm preaching. If you're having lunch, just suspend it. A few minutes, all right? Now, clear lots of ground. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Amen. Now, this is the scripture that William Carey, William Carey read and then he coined the phrase, attempt great things. Yes. Like, do something bigger than what you have. And prepare for expansion. And he wrote, dare bolder programs. These are his words. Dare bolder program. That's the song. Bolder programs.
bolder programs. Dream bigger visions. God will use you. Clear lots of ground. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. is telling us to dare bolder programs. Attempt. Now, why the word attempt? The word attempt is because it's an ordinary person. You are an ordinary person who is going to try to serve God. Are you not going to try? Yeah, we try something. So that's why we say the word attempt because we are not moving forward with so much confidence like confidence in ourselves, but we, we, can, we feel we are nothing. How many feel you are something wonderful? We are nothing, and we are going to try and do something for the Lord. Amen. Amen. So dare bolder programs. Attempt great things for God. Point number two is... Attempt great things for God and not for yourself. Yes, for God. Jeremiah 45 verse 1. The word of the Lord that Jeremiah the prophet spake unto Baruch when he had written these words 
all right, in a book at the mouth of Jeremiah. Baruch was a secretary of Jeremiah. He was working in administration. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, unto thee, O Baruch, thou didst say, woe is me now. For the Lord had added grief to my sorrow. I fainted in my sign, and I find no rest. Thus shalt thou say unto him. This is what you must go and say. It was a, it was a prophetic word for Jeremiah to just his own person who was working for him. He says, that shalt thou say unto him. The Lord says thus. Behold, that which I have built will I break down. And that which I have planted, I will pluck up even this whole land. Verse 5. And seekest thou great things for thyself, seek them not. For behold, I will bring evil upon all flesh, saith the Lord. But thy life will I give unto thee for a prey in all places whither thou goest. Amen. So, what God was telling Baruch was that it's bringing a lot of trouble to the land and there's going to be a lot of evil. And he was telling him, seekest thou great things for yourself, for thyself? Forget it. Seek great things for God. Yes. Now, death is an appointment that we all have. We, we put it off in our mind. But when you die, no, nothing that you did secularly really is going to count in the future. When I was in medical school, uh, the first day of second year, we went to the mortuary and we all were given tables there were dead bodies on the tables. White terrazzo. Do you know terrazzo? White terrazzo tables. Big enough to put, as the size of a couch, a medical couch, but it was terrazzo. And on each terrazzo table was a dead body, a naked dead body with, well, at least ours had a plaster on their chest with the name of the person. Did yours have a plaster too? Okay. So the, the one that we had was called Cornelius. And we were frightened on our first day because even people had never been to wakekeeping before. <laughs> and here we were with so many dead bodies in the table, in the room. There were about 10 tables or 12 tables. And it was an air-conditioned room with a white ceiling and a white floor. And below, yeah, on, on each table was a, a dead person. Now, our lecturer came and said something to us. He said, touch, touch them. We said, we won't touch. He said, touch them. <laughs> and he said, and he said, because he was a Christian, he told us, he said, listen, this should be a lesson to you. I was talking to all of us that 
Even goats. When a goat dies, we can eat it. But these people, we cannot eat them. And it should, it should be a lesson to us that we are nothing. And that is why we are to seek things that are above in the life that will continue shortly after you finish whatever you are doing on this earth and you turn into a, de- a dead body. So, the, Lord, the word of the Lord to Jeremiah uh, to Baruch was, look, there's too much evil in this world. Don't seek great things for yourself. Seek, you see, and that's when Jesus came. Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God. And in Colossians, he said in chapter 3, seek things that are above, not things that are below. Amen. Seek things which are above not things which are below. Seek things which are above. Set your affections on things above. Amen. It's not that God won't give you things that are on earth, but where your energy is directed. Direct your energy to seek things that are above. And the things which people are dying for, will be given to you. That's true. So, this you can only believe if you are spiritual. Now, do you know that spirituality is very important? Do you know why spirituality is important? How do you know when somebody is spiritual? A person is spiritual when the person's spirituality affects there is something that spirituality affects more than anything else do you want to know what spirituality affects are you sure what does what what is affected in a person when a person is spiritual what what is it do you know like when a person is spiritual there is something about the person that is affected more than anything else do you know what it is are you sure you, you don't know should I tell another group? I should tell you. Uh, you look so quiet. I don't know whether you are. You are just listening to the preaching. Yes. Okay. Spirituality affects your mind more than anything else. Yes. Romans 8, 6. To be spiritually minded. Spiritually minded. So spirituality, it affects your mind. That's the part of you that is affected. You see, it affects the way you think. When when you are spiritual, it affects your way of, it's like you will have a slant. It's like somebody who is drunk. He will have a certain slant. That's why people drink. People drink intentionally to become uninhibited. You see, like if they go to a nightclub or they meet a girl or a boy and then they want to feel free and perform. They they want to 
lose all controls and be wild. Yeah, so they, they, you see them holding their drink. And as they keep drinking, they, you lose your inhibitions. Yeah. And you are all looking like you don't understand what I'm talking about. God, God, has, God have mercy on you. That's, that's one of the reasons why people drink. It affects how you think. So you see some people, um, they would drink then, when they are little drunk, they can take over a party. Conduct the party, make everybody happy. The next day, they don't remember anything. I forget the name of it. It's a medical name of what? That thing, huh? Doc. Doc. Magazine? You don't know? Dr. Mills, don't let us down. Yes. So, uh, to be carnally minded, do you see? Carnally minded. Your mind is carnal. That's your mind, the flesh affects the way you think so much. But then to be spiritually minded a certain way. So Galatians 6 verse 1, it talks about if somebody gets a fault or into a problem. It says, if a man is overtaken in a fault, let's say somebody in the church has a problem, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself lest you are also tempted. Now, it is only a spiritual person who can restore somebody who has a problem. An unspiritual person will kill the person or finish off the person or bend the person out. That's why when Jesus met the woman who was caught in adultery, like everybody wanted to kill her. Rather, was the most spiritual person was the person who rather said, no, me, I don't condemn you. He should have condemned her. Because he was pure. You know, the, the Bible says that Jesus was without sin. This is a serious credential. <laughs> yes. Huh? Yes. He was without sin. Yes. Somebody who didn't know, they described him as he knew no sin. Hmm. That's strong. That's serious. He knew no sin. How many of you can ask your neighbor, do you, do you, know, do you know anything about sin? They know, but they are not shouting so much. Look at, look, at the, look at the scripture. He knew, he knew no sin. No, but that's, that's, that's serious. Now, he is the one whom when he saw the woman in adultery, he said, go. He didn't even give her probation for six Six weeks. 
Don't come to church for three months. Don't sit in the front. Don't sit at the back. Don't, nothing said, just don't do it again. Jesus, who, who knew, he knew no sin. Hmm. So, you see, a spiritual mind is affected differently from an unspiritual mind. So, the, the part of you that is affected most by being spiritual is your mind. How you think changes when you are spiritual. So, that is why if you are not spiritual and I tell you, don't seek great things for yourself. You will say, what do you mean by that? I shouldn't seek. This is my year of seeking great things for myself. This is my year of greatness for myself. It's only if you are spiritually minded that if I say to you, seek things that are above, that you can even understand it. So that is why there is a need for us to become more spiritual and to pray more. Yes. So to be spiritual means to be prayerful. Amen. Now, Luke chapter 12. You know the story. A certain man, hmm? rich man, his ground brought forth bountifully. And he thought within himself, Luke chapter 12, what shall I do? What shall I do this year? What, what shall I do this year? Because I have no room for my fruits. My bank, is, my bank account is full. They are already gossiping about my balances. Uh, what a problem. Some of you work in one bank, but your money is in another bank. Because you don't want the people in your bank to see your account. What shall I do this year? I have no room. Verse 18. Then he said, this will I do. This is my vision for this year. I'll pull down my bands and I will build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Wow. And he had a staff meeting and explained his great vision to the people. Verse 19. And I will say to my soul, so, so, hmm? I'll speak to my soul. Are you, are you reading the Bible with me? I'll say to my soul, so, listen to me, so, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. I've, I'm established. I've got my investments, my bonds, my euro bonds, my treasury bills. What are the things we have in, have in Ghana? Stocks. Shares. And what again? Treasury bills. 
Wow. I have them for many years. I'm safe. I'm safe for years. I'm on solid ground. I'm in what? A comfortable lead. I'm in a comfortable lead. Wow. Verse 20. But God said to him, verse 19 again, verse 19, verse before, I will say to my soul, soul, tell your neighbor, soul. I think these days we should be calling people this, this way, soul, hey, soul, come here. So, <laughs> Mr. So, eh, hey, so, come. So that people become more conscious that they are souls. Eh, hey, so, okay, so, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Wow. Verse 20. But God said, God said to him, you see, there was a spiritual plan. Thou fool, Tonight, thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Huh? Is it fantastic? Now, Let's analyze this verse a little. It means that there are nights in heaven eh, or on earth when your soul may be called for for a meeting. Eh? So there's a meeting. Wow. So, anybody can be called upon for a meeting. Now, verse 21 says, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself. So, he attempted great things for himself but it's not rich toward God. So there is something called rich toward God. Like as far as God is concerned, you are rich. Because you may have done great things for yourself. Maybe you've done well for yourself. Like in your personal life, you've done well as a soul. You've achieved this. You've gone to school. You've passed your exams. You built a house. You got a car. You have children. This has happened. That is, I'm going on. You've done well for yourself. But what about towards God? And that's why you are called a fool. Not because, not because you are, um, it's not, you are not called a fool because you were, uh, planning things on earth 
but it's because of your richness towards God. It wasn't much. Because even pastors can be called. I remember one pastor. He, I think it was also around Christmas. I'm not so sure. But, but I remember when he died, a pastor was telling me about the great plans that he had for that year for the ministry. It's like the rich man in hell. He didn't go to hell because he was a rich man. If he was going to hell because he was a rich man, then Abraham should also go to hell because Abraham was a rich. Bible says Abraham was rich, very rich. Yes, and we know Abraham was in heaven. So actually it was two rich men talking. When Abraham saw him, he called to say, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. He was talking to somebody who was known to be rich. So it's not your riches that disqualifies you, but it's that you are not rich towards God. So make sure you are rich towards God. In, in terms of God, in relation to God. In relation to God, God is not against these little, little things that you have. You know, one day somebody, uh, his, uh, uh, the, the wife died. I believe you, the wife died, yes. And he left a little child and then a husband. Kenneth Hagin had a vision. And then I think he saw them in heaven or something. And he said that the man had remarried. Her, her husband had remarried. He said that in heaven... It's like they are not even looking at those remarriages. He said that it is when they go through certain spiritual landmarks that they notice in heaven. It's like all these arrangements, you are married to this, this is here, you have this, you have that. It is irrelevant. It doesn't matter much. On earth even, it matters for a short time. All those who say you've bought a house, it's just a lease. You are going to be there for some few years and you will not be there. Rarely do people stay in houses for even more than 20 years. By the time you prospect to be able to get into a house, before you realize in a few more years and then it's over. It's just a lease. So, to be rich towards God is what you must attempt this year. Amen. And all other things will be added to your life. Amen. Amen. So we are going to attempt great things for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah 33 verse 1. Moreover, attempt new things. This year we are going to attempt new things. How many want to attempt something new? Oh, yes. New things are always exciting. Jeremiah 33, verse 1. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, whilst he was yet shut up in the court of the prison. That says the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it. Call unto me. Call unto me. And I will answer thee. And I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So expect this year 
to know things which you don't know. New things that you haven't known in God. I would love that. How, how, how many would love that too? Oh, yes. I would love to know things that I don't know. I will show thee great things, mighty things, which thou knowest not. Amen. How to discover new things in this year, 2024. How many want to know how to enter new things this year? Yes, attempt great things. Number one, and when I finish, we're finished. Be open to new books. Be open to what? New books. Now, 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 8. And Hilkiah, the priest, said unto Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the Lord. Underline it. I have found the book. Underline that part. I have found the book. Underline, I have found the book. Wow. Put it up for us to see. I have found the book. Usually, for a new thing, a great thing of your life and your ministry, even your business, usually there will be a new book that you found, or I found the book. This was Josiah. That's why people use the name Josiah. Because he was like David, one of the two or three kings who didn't have idols. You may wonder why somebody calls his child Josiah. Have you heard somebody called Josiah before? Yeah. It's Josiah the king. He sent, he, he, they, they came to tell him that they found a book. Yes, a book of the law. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan and he read it. So Shaphan had to redo the reading, by the way. Now he said, go ye and inquire of the Lord, verse 13, and for the people and for all Judah, concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us, because our fathers have not hearkened to the words of this book to do according to all that is written. Amen. So, Josiah was the one who initiated a famous revival in Israel. And it was because of his discovery of the book of the law. And if you read on, it's a long thing, the things that Josiah did. But it was because he discovered the book. I wrote this book. When I was reading it, I was surprised at the things that are in the book. Are you also not surprised at the things that are? Yes. I'm reading the book to you. You see, there are many things in the books. But you'll be shocked until you read it. You'll think you know everything. And that is, unfortunately, what happens. New knowledge 
gives rise to new things, new knowledge. The world knows more things now. That is why they do more things. That's why you have taxis that don't have drivers. You sit in it, no driver, and you say where you are going, and the taxi will take you. We have driverless trains. You have planes where the pilot doesn't do anything apart from pressing go. One time I was on a plane when the plane landed. The pilot came on after the plane landed and said, sorry, the, we, the autopilot landed the plane. So in case it was a little bumpy, he was trying to blame the computer. Yes. New knowledge. New knowledge. New knowledge. So, a key to being blessed into new things, you'll be shocked, is a book. The other day I had some meetings with some pastors. I was explaining. I just took one of my books and I was just going through. I mean, everybody could see that if we follow the things in the books, everything will change. So, may you discover uh, a book. Yes. You know, I thank God uh, many years ago, a brother came to me and he gave me a book. He said, have you read this book? It was a small book like that called Plead Your Case by Kenneth Hagin. And I read it. I was amazed. That was the beginning. I wanted to read more. And from that time, I came to know about Kenneth Hagin, I think. But I, I can remember sitting on the veranda in my father's house and the man giving the book to me. It was, it was to start my life, my whole life. Because that's how I got to know Kenneth Hagin. And by the time I was in medical school, getting in the final year of medical school, I was now listening to this man's preaching. And I receive an anointing. That's the anointing. Do you get it? That I'm using to, to work today. That's the teaching anointing. I'm teaching you. Today is Sunday. I'm teaching you in the afternoon. Oh, yes. May you have the beginning of a new aspect of your life as you receive something from a new book. Yes. Some of you have the books, but it's just in the library. I know how much a new book would change your life. You know, one day I was in South Africa, Pretoria. And I told the pastor, please take me to a bookshop. So he took me to a bookshop called Impact Bookshop. So when I got to the bookshop, I started walking around in the shop. And I just wanted something new. Because it always starts something new. You get it? So as I walked up and down in the bookshop, I was just praying that I would, I would find something new. And I saw a book, prophetic something. So I bought it. 
by Rick Joyner. Rick Joyner's, the covers of his books are very boring. When you see, you will not be attracted, so you will not buy. But that one, I saw the title, so I, I took it. When I read it, I went home. It was very, I called the person, take me back to the shop. So I went to the shop and I said, I want to find any other book by this man. So, and then I said, which is the most famous book of this man? He said, The Final Quest. I said, okay. It's the, the cover of The Final Quest more boring than any other book you can ever find. So I took it. And uh, even then, I had the book. I started reading. I just read a little front, but I didn't go. Not knowing inside the book are testimonies of people that have died and what happened to them in heaven in chapter 3. But I stopped reading in chapter 1. It was a brother who called me and told me that, have I gone deeper? There are more things in the book. Hey, I was stubborn. Do you know what I found when I got home? I had three copies of the book already. I had them in my house already. I, I, just, I just passed by it all the time. That final question was already three of them. I just, when I get I just put it there. So perhaps the new book you are looking for is already in your library. May God open your eyes, oh. Your life is going to change with a book. Don't read books fast. I want to give you a revelation. Don't read books fast and don't read you know, I, I see people saying, I've read the Bible, I read the Bible twice every year. Or sometimes they say, I have a reading plan, I read the Bible three times a year or twice a year. And when I listen to it, I say, wow, but me, because me, I've never, I've never read the whole Bible. I've never, I'm taking Genesis to whatever. I, I can't even read it. I, it, I will stop. I've never read like, I'm reading from this to this. So I'm, I'm sure there are some parts of the Bible I've never read. Because that's not how I read if I start reading eh, from Colossians, let's read from chapter 2, verse 1. If I start reading, I said, I would that you know what great conflict I have for you and for as many as are in Laodicea and have not seen my face. I, I, I can't continue reading. That's the end of my reading for the day. Because when I look at it, I start to meditate. What conflict? Our people don't know that there is conflict if you are an apostle. Is it not what he's saying? Think about it. But because you say you want to finish reading the whole of Colossians this morning and say, I've read the whole of Colossians, you don't see the things that are in the book. It doesn't benefit you because of the way you are reading. You're not reading in the right way. When you read this now, you should be stuck. Conflict, trouble, fighting. That's Paul said, I have conflict for you. Hmm? And then read verse 2. And you can't continue. That their hearts might be knit together unto all the riches of their understanding. Eh? You see, some of you say you've read it. Now you don't understand it too. To the acknowledgement of the mystery of God. So, you see, when I read that, then I got stuck there. Acknowledgement. Acknowledge that is a mystery. 
And when Bishop Oko passed, I preached about this verse. To every, because at that time, that was, what I, that was what the Holy Spirit was showing me. That acknowledge that it's a mystery. You can't explain it. Don't try to explain things that God has accepted as mysteries. It's a mystery. And there are mysteries. And if you ask me what is in your pocket, I say, I won't tell you. You have to respect my, my mystery. Is it not true? Turn to the nearest person and say, please, uh, what is in your bag? You see, the person said, I won't tell you. You have to acknowledge, yes, sir. Thank you, madam. Thank you for not there. Uh, I can't tell, tell you what is in my bag. <laughs> We're asking a lady what is in her bag. <laughs> huh? She said she will not tell you. I want you to tell you that there's condoms in the bag. Accept the mysteries. And they continue reading. You see that you can't, you can't stop. In whom I hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. When I read it, then God showed me immediately. I, I stopped. I had to close my Bible. That knowledge and wisdom are treasures. Knowledge and wisdom are what? Treasures. And he told me that the treasures of your ministry are the knowledge and wisdom that are in your books. That's the treasure of Lighthouse. It's the knowledge and the... the that's what he says. In whom I hid all the treasures of wisdom. The most valuable is the knowledge and the wisdom. That's treasure. That's treasure. And you say you are reading the Bible. I don't know how. You see, you are reading, you are scanning. You are scanning, you are browsing. Shall I continue reading it? Uh, you see that you get stuck at every verse. That's how the books are. You have to, you, those of you who have I've read it, I've read this chapter, you've not read, no, nothing. Stop and learn. And let God show you the great, wonderful revelations. Oh, that are going to change you. They are treasures. Treasures. What's the next verse? And this I say, Lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. So there you also see that people who have enticing words, watch out, they often deceive you. Often the people who have, can make speeches, they'll say this, then they'll mix words and enticing words. Say, often there's a deception. And you get the feeling he's a good person, but he's a bad person. Yeah. So don't read fast, all right? Number two, be open to new men of God. Yes, be open to other men of God, new men of God. So like God will bring a new man of God into your life. You, you start learning from the person. There are many people that I mentioned. The other day, a brother was telling me that he, he was li listening to something by Derek Prince. And he was sharing it with me because he heard me mentioning Derek Prince. There are new men of God that you can be blessed with. You don't only have to listen to me or read only my book. You can read other books. So you have what? A balanced diet. You don't want a balanced diet or you want to eat only rice. 
And sometimes when you go and read other things and listen to other things, it will even help you to appreciate what you have. Yes. Huh? You realize that your home jollof is nice. You've gone to Nigeria to eat Nigerian jollof. But after you find out that the Ghanaian jollof has no equal. Oh, clap for Ghanaian jollof. Second Kings chapter 5, verse 2 to 3. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, or I wish that my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. In other words, the little girl was saying, I wish my, my boss would know this prophet because he would be blessed by that man's ministry. You see, these days, we try to create walls around our churches. But because of social media and the media, ministries go over the walls. And everybody sees everything. Yes. But you wonder, people never used to know what you are preaching. But now, people know what you are preaching. So, seeing a new man of God or encountering other servants of God doesn't mean leave your church. At all. If going to visit someone and the person says, I see you sitting on my front row. And I mean, before you realize you are coming to sit on the person's front row, then you are as cheap as uh, whatever. Yeah, you are, you are so cheap. Some of you go to church, they make you sit in the front in that church. In my church, they don't make me sit in the front. You are too cheap. You are too cheap, remember? You should be there. One day I told the pastor who was inviting one of my members all the time, I said, please, if you want, you can have it. If he wants to come, you can come. It's not a problem at all. I've never fought over church members. If you can be poached as easily as that, you should be gone. Somebody will come to us and say, I see a new date, a new chapter in a new place. Hey, I see a candle that is moving. The Lord says you are moving from first love church to second love church. You are too cheap. Look, we have all sorts of prophets who say all sorts of things. Many of the prophets are accurate and they are true. But the Bible says that you are supposed to test the prophets. Yes. So it may be somebody is saying something, something you want to do already. You now you want to leave the church. So you use the prophet to, as a care of that you are leaving. I had a prophecy, the, the Lord said. And when, when the pastor, the prophet was prophet, he even took his handkerchief and began to wipe his head. He said that he's laboring in the spirit for you. That's why he's sweating. I said, wow. 
Can you imagine having a beloved and your beloved goes to somebody's church during an outdooring or a celebrate some, some event that is they are having there. When he goes there, he sees a beautiful girl. And then when he comes back, he says, ah, my mind, my mind. My mind is oscillating. My mind is oscillating. Say, ah, just one outdooring that you went for, you've come back. Is that how the relationship will be? What how will it be like next year? Every, everywhere you go. Then the, the person goes to a wedding in another church. I saw a, a beautiful girl. She was one of the bridesmaids. How many realize you have to leave that beloved? Huh? It's not stable. It's not stable. I don't want such people. I don't want such people. As somebody comes to say something, then you are off. No, that's not how things work out. Yeah. Now, all these things have made it look as though prophets are bad people. But they are not. It is the church members who, you are you, your own desire. <laughs> your desire, your desire to hear certain things. That's what is making you go. If they make you sit on the front. Hmm? Okay, come and sit in the front. From today, please come and sit in the front. Look, make another row here. Make another. <laughs> yeah, we have the longest front row in the whole 100 meters. You can always sit in the front. Wow. Listen, you need a balanced diet. Yes. Listen. Number three, be open to ancient ministries. Yes, ancient ministries. Acts chapter eight. What is point number one? Be open to what? New books. Number two, be open to new men of God. Number three, be open to ancient ministries. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading Isaiah the prophet. Wow. And that's the day that the eunuch's life changed. Amen. That's the day that the eunuch's life did what? changed your life is changing he was reading the old prophet who had died so you must be open to other things when you st- I started speaking today I was talking about William Carey somebody who lived years ago before there was any church in India is going to open you up even though I've never met William Carey is one of the people that inspires me. Adoniram Jackson inspires me. John Wesley inspires me. Rick, uh, Derek Prince says that his favorite book is John Wesley's journal. That's his favorite book of all time. Yes. It makes me want to read it. What did he say? Yes. And one thing that John Wesley said is that he's a man of one book. 
the Bible. People used to mock him for that. Like, I'm a man of, you know, Libreo something. I'm a man of one book. Number four, be open to travel. Now, traveling starts by traveling to Mampong. Some of you, even to Mampong, is a problem. But when we have our prayer camp, and we are praying every day, you must be there every day. You must learn how to sleep there. No, the other day I was in Mampong and they were telling me some businessmen and others come there to pray all the time. They are not in our church. Huh? And with their companies. The other day I heard that there's a group coming from America, not our church, only from all from Americans coming there. They are coming there to pray. Hey. And you are here, you can't cross Medina, just Medina and there. What is the name of the junction? An Adenta Junction, Medina. I mean, be open to travel. Starting with traveling to Mampong. And this year, you must attend Healing Jesus Crusade in one country. Ah, I'm not hearing the shout. Okay. Healing Jesus Crusade, we are having. Healing Jesus Crusade is starting in Asia this year. Yeah. Will you be there? We are starting Asian Healing Jesus for the first time. Yes. There are wider programs, bigger visions. Amen. Be there. I said, be there. Be there. I see somebody in Singapore. I don't know why. <laughs> now, why, why, why must you travel? Why must you travel? Do you know why you must travel? It's going to open you up to many, many great wisdom keys. Amen. The Bible says that wisdom cries at the gates and at the entry of the city. Wisdom. You see, when it says that wisdom cries at the gates, wisdom cries at the entry, is that when you enter a new place, you start to learn things about life by just the entrance. Yes, the entrance to the city. It is amazing. Hallelujah. Proverbs, not, not this verse, another verse. You can't find it. Now, at the gates of the city, you'll find great wisdom. I've never failed to learn more by going somewhere. Proverbs 8, yes. Wisdom cries at the gates. 
and at the entry of the city and at the coming in at the doors. As soon as you arrive in a new city, how many see yourself arriving in Indonesia, for instance? When you arrive in Jakarta, you arrive in Manila, you arrive in Singapore, you arrive in London, you arrive in New York, you see wisdom crying at the gate, that is at the airport. In Mampong, when you arrive, you see wisdom crying at the gate. Uh, look at it. At the entry of the city, at the entry, at the coming in, of the, at the doors. Ah. And verse 2. She cries. She stands at the top of high places. So great places, you see a lot of wisdom in high places. High places means great places or important places. That is why I like all my bishops to travel. Even if you live uh, in Boku, you must go to America also. Yes. Because without going there, you will not have a certain understanding, a certain kind of wisdom. So all my bishops are international. It's, it's, it's actually one of the qualifications. You have to travel. Yes. You, have to, it's, you, you may think it's expensive, but it is worth it. Yes. Put your foot, your left on the ground, and then your right on the ground. You are there in Jesus' name. If you, if you stay in the church, if you stay in the church, you will learn things, especially by traveling. And you see that you've been here, you've been here. Many people that have been with me will say, thank you for taking me to 39 countries. Yes. Many of the people that work with me, they have, they have not been to less than 30, 40 countries. Yes. And when you arrive at Kotoka, the wisdom should not evaporate. The new wisdom that you saw, you saw what it's like when the place is clean, when there's no baller, when the place is not smelling. You saw it, but when you arrive at Kotoka, you see that the thing has, has evaporated. It's the weather, the heat. Some people are complaining about the heat. Then what will you say in March? This is a cool time. Oh. March is coming. Ocho Krikri. That is when it is hot. Tell somebody I'm hey my time. Sorry. <laughs> Listen. Be open to travel. Every country you go to, you will learn something from that country, including every single African country. Never shy away from, say, you are going to an African country. African countries are, there are such marvelous things to learn. 
One of the things that I learned by traveling to many African countries was that Ghana was a great country. That's, that's something. If, if you don't learn anything, you will learn that Ghana is a great place. You see, you are surprised at, at what I'm saying. Yes. I was one time in Guinea-Bissau and I asked, what do they need there? They said they need torches. There's no electricity at that time. So we bought torches and we gave us to bless people at, during our clinics. Huh? And buckets and soap and other things, but torches. You see electric poles, but no wires. But when you come to Ghana, you see wires. So even the doom saw, you say, ah, but this one is not a problem. There's permanent doom saw at other places. It's a doom. And one thing somebody told me, he said that in Ghana, there's a lot of joking and laughing about our problems. And he said that in our country, there's nothing like that. He said that is why you don't have war in, your, in Ghana. You have peace, but in our country, we had war. Because we are, we are laughing, we, we have a name for everything. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Oh, yes. And finally, be open to the power of God. Amen. Be open to the power of God. If you want to enter new things, you must be open to God's power. You see something new when you believe. In Luke 5 and verse 17, the Bible says it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now what do I mean by the power? Be open to the power of God. God has power. And you see, we are not here by mental reasoning. If we're here by just mental faculties, then I have to be the most educated, but I'm not the most educated here. I have to be the oldest here, but I'm not the oldest. I have to be the wisest, but I'm not the wisest. I'm the pastor. It's a spiritual thing. And it's power. There's power here. Power is putting us together. Power is building the church. Power is leading you. When the Lord spoke to me in a dream, I woke up weeping and I saw cripples and things. That was the power of God. You see, the Bible says, you do err, ye do err, not knowing the scriptures nor the power. You are making, you are into error. You need both. You need, otherwise you'll be in, in error, error. You do err. 
Yes, you do err. Because you don't know the scriptures and also power. That is why I need to lay hands on everybody. That's the power. You have to believe in the power things. You must believe in things which are not logical but are powerful. You must believe in dreams, visions. You must believe in offerings. You must believe in anointing. You must believe in grace. You must believe in the gifts. You must see gifts and see through and say, this person is gifted, he's using this gift. You must believe in power. You must believe in even forgiveness. Forgiveness is power, eh? You know, one day somebody was talking his hatred, hatred, and he told, they told him that you, eh, you are not spiritual. That is why you cannot forgive. And it's true. So, you, you do err. Look at it. Do you not therefore err or error? Because you don't know the scriptures and also the power. So, in 2024, you are going to open yourself to new things. New men of God, new books, to traveling to new places, huh? to ancient ministries, and to the power of God. Open yourself to power and believe that even a handshake, a handshake is not just a handshake, but there's something more. It is, it is faith. Through faith, power comes into your life. Listen. How many want to know how to stop Satan's attack in your life? Or to fight Satan? Should I tell you? I'll tell you because I'm closing. This is just a, 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 a bonus. It is a spiritual revelation. You know, one day Jesus told Peter, he said, you, eh, Satan has desired to finish you. Do you remember that? How many sometimes feel that Satan has earmarked you to wipe you out? If you felt like that before, raise your hand. Now, do you know what Jesus said? Huh? So in other words, how can you counteract that? Jesus gave the answer. He said, but I have prayed. I have prayed for you. I have what? I have prayed for you. Wow. Look at it. But I have prayed for thee. In other words, prayer will stop it. And even somebody praying for you would also stop it. Or yourself praying would also stop it. These are, you see, this is a spiritual, this is a power, this is a power point. It's not about, I mean, believing the logic of it. It's a, Satan, has, Satan is a spirit, has desired to finish you. People are wicked though. But... But how can it be stopped? How can it be counteracted? How can you have a counteroffensive? Something that will go against what Satan has for you. He says, but I have prayed. Which means that the prayer will counteract that thing or the prayer will oppose that thing or the prayer will stop that. That's how to stop Satan in his track. I've prayed. I've prayed for you. I've prayed for you. Be open to power. 
Be open to powerful things. Be open to spiritual things. Prayer can stop all the onslaught of darkness against you. And that's why we are into so much prayer. Pray. Just keep praying. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. It says, Colossians, continue in prayer. Continue in prayer. Continue in prayer. Yeah, continue in prayer. There's a reason for that. Continue. Because you see, you, you feel like stopping. You feel that it's not answered. You feel that. For Jesus to say, but I've prayed for you. This was Satan. He has decided to make you like powder. There will be nothing left of you. Just, you just be blowing up. You are finished. I said, but I've prayed. Hey, but I've prayed. So if it's somebody's prayer or your own prayer, prayer has stopped it. Prayer has stopped. That's why not praying is so bad. Not praying is so bad. Please, I want you to take seriously all the prayer times during the fasting uh, I want you to take it seriously. The daily prayers. Yes. The prayer camp that we are having. Benin's visit. Benin is a spiritual person. Benin is a spiritual person. Benin is a spiritual man. That I, I don't know anybody who knows the Holy Spirit more than Benin. Yeah. It's one of the treasures. He's one of the treasures on earth. He's like a, it's like a big diamond. One day I went to South Africa and somebody had a diamond. And he said, he said this is the biggest diamond in the world. And I want to buy it. So I bought it. But it wasn't a real diamond, it was just glass. <laughs> Don't come, there's no diamond anyway. <laughs> But it was worth millions. But it was just a replica. I don't even know where it is now. But that's, that's how Benihin is. It's like an unusual diamond. An unusual treasure. Yeah. Don't miss spiritual things and great things. Satan, this year, Satan has desired to finish off. Look, but even you should feel it yourself that Satan has been trying to finish you off for some time. How many feel that Satan has been trying to finish you off for some time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But. Eh, but I've, I've prayed. I've prayed. I've prayed. It will not work. It will not. Prayer has dealt with it. Prayer. Prayer has dealt with it. Prayer has dealt with it. Everybody, you see, Satan wants to finish you. I, 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 I mean, sift you like wheat. I say that is you've become nothing. But prayer, prayer. So, pastors, church members, every one of us all, let us decide. Attempting great things, let's open ourselves up to the reality that there is power in God and there is power that comes through prayer. Whatever Satan has planned there, it will be stopped by prayer in the name of Jesus. Every standard. Let us pray. 
Father, we give you thanks for an amazing service today. What a blessing for everyone who has received your holy word. We give you thanks. We give you praise. But I have prayed for thee. Lift your hand if this year you are going to be a spiritual person and attempt to be a prayerful person and prayerful. Not prayerless. Prayerful. Prayerful. So that whatever Satan has planned and whatever he's organizing, whatever he's doing, whatever he's doing to be stopped by prayer. Father, we give you thanks. Even death will be averted through prayers. Talama shombanda kaparandalaba. Palenda katasandola mandala mashantala. But I have prayed. But I have prayed. I prayed some time ago about it. My God, thank you. Thank you for touching everybody. Anointing us. And blessing us with these spiritual points. From this book, Attempt Great Things for God. Bless everyone. Whatever Satan has desired. Those of us watching on television. Whatever Satan has desired is stopped by prayer. It is stopped by prayer. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for an amazing year of prayerfulness and not prayerlessness. We give you thanks. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you are here today, you want to give your life to Jesus, just lift your hands. Maybe somebody invited you, but I also want to invite you to come to Jesus. If you are here and want to give your life to Jesus, stand where you are, but lift your hand like this high. I want to give my life to Jesus. Lift your hand high so that I can see. Pastor, pray with me. I want God on this first Sunday of the year. I want Jesus to change my life. Lift your hand up high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If you've lifted your hand, come to me now. Come quickly to the front. Come to come and stand here. Come from wherever you are. Come. Come and stand right here. Lift your hands, all of you in front here. Hello, hello. Lift your hand up high like this and say this prayer. Say, Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins. Today is the first Sunday of 2024. I give my life to you, Jesus. I give my heart to you, Jesus. 
Please forgive me for my sins. Please wash away my sins with the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. Please write my name in the book of life. I thank you for writing my name in the book of life. My name is, mention your name right now. My name is, mention your name. Please write this name in the book of life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Now lift your two hands like this and say, I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you. Now look at me. Look at me. God is changing your life. Amen. Today is the first Sunday. All right. And I want you to know God is changing you and is changing you forever. Amen. Next week, Sunday, I want to see you here again. Amen. Did you hear what I said? I said, next Sunday, I want to see you here. You see, God is going to bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, go, our pastor, this is one of our pastors. She, she has got a big sign. Follow me. Follow means follow her. Follow her, and she's taking you to, all the way to heaven. Amen. Let's go. Wow. Take your Holy Communion. Do you get the Holy Communion at all? Or it, it's too fast. Well, we'll get it faster this year. Father, we thank you for the Holy Communion that we receive today. Touch our lives and heal us, we pray in Jesus' name. The body of Jesus Christ. forgiveness of sins the blood of Jesus right now lift your hand for a blessing may the Lord bless you as you attempt great things for God may you not fail in any one of your visions and dreams for 2024. May the Lord bless you to be spiritual. Whatever Satan has determined, planned and organized against you to turn you to mincemeat, to make you powder, to turn you from something to nothing, I pray for you now. The Lord intervene and intercept every arrow and every spear coming your way. May the Lord grant you divine 
forgiveness and exemptions. Now may the Lord grant you divine escapes from arrows of darkness. The Lord bless you as he blessed Peter to survive and recover. So shall you also survive and recover in the name of Jesus Christ. You recover in the name of Jesus Christ. You recover in the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord bless you in the whole of 2024. And I prophesy that you are arriving safely next year on the first Sunday. Your feet will be standing in the house of the Lord safely, having survived a very beautiful 2024. Receive this blessing over your life. You are not dying in 2024. You are living in 2024. You are surviving in 2024. You are overcoming in 2024. You are being healed in 2024. You are not going to be diagnosed with any disease in 2024. You are blessed in 2024. Receive your blessing in the name of Jesus. Lord, all the children everywhere, I bless them. All those online, everywhere, watching. Bless the whole family. Bless the whole family. Bless all my children. Bless all those who have come by the grace to this first Sunday. Thank you that we are arriving safely into 2025 to the first Sunday. We are arriving. Any power that will keep us from arriving there is broken down now in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for this blessing and thank you for this grace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.